Wake up, stupid. AI is coming to take your job. Well, at least it's a, you're a little closer this time than with the stuff. It kind of tastes like a like a white wine. Okay, like a cider. Okay, it's a cider. It, this is a cider. Okay, and it's a it's a tart cherry cider. Hmm. It's got a lot of apple juice on it, though. It's a cider. Well, you know, cider's made from right. Yeah. I'm not getting cherry. Okay. Maybe in the color. No, oh, no, I'm starting to get it. You should have tasted it before I added the cherry. You, then you would see how much. No, I'm starting to get it. I do think. Um, I want to do more cherry. If I do this recipe again, more cherry next time. Uh, although, um, well, let me back up and I, just, I actually do want to talk about how this is made because I have never made a cider before. Didn't didn't really know much about it. Turns out they're super easy. Like I think everyone should do this at home. <laughs> you get some apple juice and carbonate it. You can, and well, <laughs> throw in some vodka and get a. <laughs> no, I don't think that would work very well. Um, you do. I mean, this is basically how you do it. You get apple juice and you can, I mean, yeah, I guess if you have uh, great apples nearby or whatever, you can use fresh apples if you want to. But, mm-hmm. you know, I live in Texas and apple orchards aren't really a thing around here. Um, so I just go to the store. I actually went to Costco, of course, and I bought, they had um, the unfiltered apple juice, you know, mm-hmm. that's just hazy and it's got all the gunk at the bottom or whatever. So I it's got, got that. Pulp. You just have to make sure that you get the stuff that doesn't have preservatives because you're going to add yeast to this and the yeast need to be able to eat the sugar. Oh, sure. Um, most of them don't actually nowadays have preservatives. They're just, they're pasteurized in the container or whatever. So that mm. everything, that's how they, that's how they're preserved. But so you just dump a bunch of apple juice into a container and then you sprinkle the yeast on it. And of the course of, it actually takes longer than beer does to actually ferment. This took about a month to get down to final gravity. So Is the, it just the amount of sugar that's in it? No, it's not that much. I mean, it's only a 6% drink, so hmm. it's just, I don't know why. I, I also read the, the acidic, acidic, acidity of it, maybe? I don't know. Um, I read later that I, a lot of people add um, yeast nutrient to help the yeast along because like malt, for example, when, when you're making beer, it provides a lot of the nutrients that yeast need, whereas apples don't provide near as much. Hmm. So maybe if I would have added yeast nutrient, it would have been faster. I don't know. But I mean... All of the like guys that I was reading on like informs and stuff that make cider, they they all just like minimum a month of fermentation, and then a lot of those guys are like a minimum three months of conditioning. Wow! I'm more like I was trying to push it along. Like I wanted it to be done in two weeks, and then I was just going to keg it and drink it immediately. So how long did this one take? This one took a. a I, I think I gave it three. I, mean, I can't remember. It's either three or four weeks to ferment. Okay. And uh, all the sugars in apple juice are fermentable, unlike beer. Like with beer, there's always like, you know, that 15 to 20% that's not fermentable, which is why mm-hmm. beer makes you fat and has body and tastes good and everything. Um, whereas apple juice ferments completely dry, which is actually a little bit of a problem. It ferments, for most people's palate, I think a little too dry, like dry, dry, champagne dry. So what you do is after it's done fermenting, then you actually add preservatives. So, you know, potassium sorbate, I think I use potassium metabisulfite also. Mm-hmm. So basically just to stop the yeast from doing anything else. And then you back sweeten it. What's really called back sweetening. So once it's completely done, then you then you add just enough sugar that you want to get whatever sweetness level you're going for. In this case, I just used just the cherry juice to back sweeten because uh, I actually used a Montmorency cherry juice. So it's real tart mm-hmm. uh, and also has, it's pretty sweet too. It's got quite a bit of sugar. I just wish I would use a little bit more. Um, the problem I had, I plan to use, uh, actually, I think it was three quarters of a gallon of the tart cherry juice. I ended up spilling a bunch of it in a story that I won't go into how that happened. It, it, it went into a, it all went into a bucket. 
it was it was actually when I was kegging. I put the cherry juice in first, and then um, I like there's this hose that I used to rack the, the the finished cider into the keg, and I I just set that hose down in, in actually my sanitizer bucket because I had to go to the garage and grab something to come back, and all, most of the cherry juice had been pushed out because I didn't realize the keg was still had some pressure in it. Mm. It pushed the cherry juice out of that hose into my sanitizing bucket. And I didn't know how much I didn't know how much was left in the keg, so I, I just went to the store and bought some more, and it kind of added an arbitrary amount. And so I don't even know how much cherry juice is in here. So if this turned out to be the best batch you ever made. You would have no way of reproducing no, it. Not 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 exactly. But overall, <laughs> I mean, I think I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cider's really easy to make. All right. <clears throat> now that uh, we've run everyone off. That's how we do it. We scare everyone with the the beer talk and I think it, I cider know. talk. I think it might it may need some more carbonation. No, it's pretty carbonated to me. It's fine. I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the I don't know. People complain about and people have different views on carbonation. I don't think I have to have things super carbonated, but some people just have to have everything really carbonated. It's because they don't like the taste of anything. I guess so. I don't know. Or they just they need. It's like it has to be super cold and super carbonated. I'm like you don't like the taste of anything. You just like your mouth being. Yeah, attacked. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, um, how you been? No, not bad. I only, uh, I don't think Getting people... Getting ready for the Halloweenies. I don't think people believe this. Um, what? But it's true. I, I do not see you or talk to you, except for this... These few hours yes. that I'm in the office. Yeah, this yeah. Is it. I don't think people believe that. Uh, I know, you know, Christy's been trying to get a hold of us or communicate with us. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you realize, like, I, I really don't. I don't, I don't talk to John. Like, good <laughs> luck getting, you know, good luck getting him on a call because I can't get him on a call. I don't ever talk to him. Yeah. I'm, I'm hard to get a hold of these days. Got to stop my, darn it. Still stopping things. Services. Yeah. <clears> so, um, yeah. So, I, I literally have no idea what you've been up to or how you've been or how everything's going. You well, always I'm seem still to have, alive. I'm still alive. So that's good. I'm still here. Still breathing. It's always good to to be a, above ground. Yeah, it's it's. It, I've been busy, but not busy. It's kind of weird. I'm not like super busy work wise, but I'm having to do a lot of not having to, but I have a lot of distractions throughout the day with phone calls or questions being asked Ooh, and context switches. A lot of con. Still doing a lot of context yeah. switching, and that's that's still you know kind of wears on me. But um, no, still alive, still kicking. Yeah, that's good. Um, I don't know about you, but I did, I, I, I try to catch the, these, uh, you know, there's a couple of year at right, the big Apple events. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Um, so I'm really behind actually before oh, I, I had seen like a hot, some of them just headlines. So I knew that like there was a new MacBook air and of course the, to me, the big thing, the new Mac mini. So I'm kind yeah. of excited about that. There's an iPad Although Pro. I'm not sure I can afford them, but there's a new iPad Pro and there's a new pencil. Yeah. So I thought we could just kind of talk through. I don't know what yeah. was new and just see if we either of us care about any of it. I, I, so let's I don't with, really let's care about the, the MacBook Air. Okay. Let's, so let's start with the Air. So only because I'm not in the market. If I was in the market, like to replace my wife's MacBook Air, then yeah, I'd be all about it. So that's what she has right now is MacBook yeah. Air. So mm-hmm. you let your wife, you abuse your wife by making her use a non retina screen, a non high DPI screen. She doesn't care. <laughs> Her eyesight's so bad right now. She's she's constantly telling me how she needs to get glasses. So probably because she's you've been you've ruined her eyes with that <laughs> crappy screen, John. God, oh. uh, you're you're a stingy uh, husband. No, I got that brand new when it first came out. It just has not been. It it's just I there's not been a good reason to replace it. I, I, do you replace the laptop because it's got more pixels? 
Yes. If you are on a non-high DPI screen, yes, you replace it mm. with one that is the high DPI. Well, my other problem is I think my days of buying technology are kind of done for a while. I'm kind of I'm poor. Oh, really? I'm really poor these days. Going to go back to yeah. uh, pencil and paper and and uh, no, horse, I'm, just, horse I'm, and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to make what I have work are, for me. Are horses out against your HOA? No. You park a horse in your front yard, tied can't, up to the can't tree. Can't have a horse. Can't have chicken coop. Yeah, we can't either. Uh, yeah, none of that. Oh, yeah. So you know, the, the, I mean, the the MacBook Airs were the only machines left. I think in Apple signup that were not Retina class screens. Yeah, because even the iPads are. And it was it was got to be a joke, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I didn't really see it as a big deal because it was it was a really thin laptop, and they were trying to tout their battery performance. Yeah, and and I'm sure those you know low DPI screens probably at least at least initially probably pulled less power. I'm I'm sure when the Retina came out. Right. Anytime a new thing comes out, it always pulls more power. And then over the over the lifetime of of that technology, they figure out how to get it to be more you know power efficient. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. nowadays, I don't know if like the modern Retina screens, I don't know if they are still pulling more power than old you know low DPI screens do, uh, did. But I know initially that was the case. I got to think more pixels, more power. So what I want to know is, are they discontinuing all the non Retina MacBook Airs now? Are they still going to have them in there? I think they're still going to have them. I think they're still going to have them. Yeah, because they want because this one, this new Retina one, is eleven ninety nine, and I wouldn't be surprised if they still want to keep that nine ninety nine price point. But anyway, if you like the Air, which I think is a, at least the previous ones, I think were still a good package. I mean, they had a good keyboard, unlike mm-hmm. all the other new Macs. It's it had a good keyboard. I think they've updated the um, keyboard. It had. Um, it had USB ports, like USB type A, type A, right? Yeah. Well, the new one's got USB-C and a uh, fingerprint center sensor. Yeah. Center. Touch ID, John. Let's Touch st- ID. stay on Sorry. brand, okay? Sorry. Touch ID. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's 13, 13.3 inches was what I'm reading here. Uh, Retina. That's nice. Touch ID. No touch bar. So that's good. Cause yeah. Even though touch bars are cool, they're pretty much worthless. They're not cool. What? what? It, no, it's How did those words come out of your mouth? It's it's just this cool. It's a useless piece of thing sitting on my... I know, but it's it's cool. It's like this strip that is like a high, you know, super VGA strip on your keyboard. I mean, there's points in my life when I, that would have been like the coolest thing ever. And I thought it was cool when it came out. I just turns out that for me anyway, I just don't have a use for it. I feel like I need and I lost, when I have to use it. When I have to do like the function shift or command to get my command keys and then press it, I'd like... I, right. My keyboard movement is fine because that's there, but then I do this. Dunk. No, right. And and the biggest problem is it you, I, you lose the escape key. That's of course that's the big problem. Uh, it's always it. there. I, I the escape key has never bothered me. Actually, no, I can't <sighs> say you're that. Not a developer. I can't then. say that. You're not a developer. I use a shame on you. Give me your developer card, John. I don't. It's, I don't, It's being revoked. I, I shouldn't say that because I very rarely uh, use the laptop keyboard unless I'm the only time I ever do these days is when I'm getting my shots and I'm still working. <laughs> Um, Such an old man. I'm gonna get my shots. My allergy I'm shots. Back to the doctor on a, every week. They make me sit there for like thirty minutes after I take my shots. Make sure I don't like have some episode oh or something. Oh my god! So I have to sit there for thirty minutes. So that's, I take my my laptop and I sit there. And it's the only time I'm really using because at home you I have might, the. Mac. You might be allergic to your allergy shots. Is that the problem? Well, they're pumping you with your allergens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> god. And you're, you pay them for this service. I so. pay them to pump me with my allergens. <laughs> You can just go outside and like shake the, you know, there, there's some, uh, what's it called? 
ragweed growing in the in the ditches over here by the down by the creek out there. <laughs> you just go dance down, around in that bush for a while. The creek down by the river. Yeah, I mean literally, it's. <laughs> Set me up with a van and I'll go there and. Yeah. Anyway, so they put they put the new keyboard on this MacBook Air, which yeah, I don't I don't mind the keyboard. I like the keyboard. Oh, I have nothing. I have no not any problems with it. Like the key, uh, keys will stop working. Like my space bar goes in and out of working. And then I have a problem with like some of the keys on my bottom right now, especially the B, are are double activating. So I, you hit it and you get you get you know at least two if not three Bs. Mm. So I haven't I, had those kind of. Issues. I did have some issues getting used to it where I wasn't pr- either. Was it just not pressing right or just wasn't registering? And I, I just think that was me just not being used to that type of keys. Because yeah. there is a bit more resistance on these than I would expect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so it's got, Thunder, it's got the Thunderbolt parts. Yeah. So two, I think two. I think two. I guess those are USB-C, right? Yeah. But they carry, they'll do Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt 3. Is that a big a, yeah, they'll do a 5K screen. Right, yeah. yeah. It, will, it will drive a 5K screen. That's cool. That's how you know it's a Thunderbolt and not USB-C. And another important thing is they will do up to 16 gigs of RAM, which I think is, well, it's, some people will say that's a, they'll tell you that's a minimum for computers nowadays. But I think for, the, for a MacBook Air. For an Air? I yeah, mean, I, I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's not, it's not like a workstation, you know? This is for people who browse the internet and do make PowerPoints. Yeah. Right? And it's definitely not and using... Facebook. I can't forget Facebook. Yeah, and none of these are using the cores or multiple cores or anything like that. It's just... Yeah. Oh, and the big thing that we're supposed to think is like the most best thing about these, all these announcements for all these products from Apple is that they're now made from 100% recycled aluminum. I saw that. Well, I mean, people are saying that's the biggest thing. That's the no, most They didn't, they the didn't most say it was recycled. They said they developed a new alloy. That it's this new alloy. And it's, it's, it's greener than ever. Well, they're saying that the... I guess the aluminum that's in it is 100% from right. recycled sources. Right. But you made it sound like they were recycling and then putting it in, and that's their thing. No, they're saying they created this new alloy that's much more recyclable, yeah. I guess. So your computer's now made from former Bud Light cans. Congratulations. <laughs> that's a circle of life. I bet my dad, I bet a lot of my dad's cans are in, in, in Anthony's computers. <laughs> is he a Bud Lighter? A bush. A bush. Bush bush tall boys. I mean cases a oh, week. Oh, the tall boys. Cases a week. <laughs> and he saves those cans. And I can I mean forever. i I can remember being like, I don't know, ten years old and like loading up the ba- the pickup truck with these giant gar- like the giant garden bags mm-hmm. full of crushed cans. And he'd go and he'd like not only would he get his because this place that would accept the cans, it was also like the propane place. So he <laughs> this is this sounds so redneck and it really is the, the place we, where they sell propane and propane accessories <laughs> 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 taking the pain out of propane uh is that what he says i don't, I don't know. know anyway uh we would he would he would take his cans and then empty propane tanks and say he'd get all the propane tanks filled for free plus money back so this is you know this is a big win-win uh in, and he still does that huh I don't know if he still does it because I don't know if he can carry the bags and stuff anymore. He should be a good son and go and carry those bags. He lives like an hour away from me. <laughs> Mine lives like and plus 10 I, hours away. I can't keep up with his beer can usage. It's too, the volume is too great. <laughs> Just to write a program for a drone to go pick it up periodically uh, and yeah. drop it off. There you go. That'll work really well. Anyway. So, I, I you know, I think this... Airs is interesting. Um, it's at least it's finally retina. But here's what I here's what I don't understand: is where does that where does this thing fit in their lineup of, 
like when you compare it to like what are the what's the small MacBook? Mm-hmm. You have the small. You have the MacBook, which is that twelve inch. I think twelve inch thing. I think it replaces. I don't it. think it does. No. Maybe well, it does. They, they, they've been. There's been rumors or talk that they're going to have to get rid of one of those lines because their their technology is converging so much that it doesn't make sense. It seems redundant. I guess I, some yeah. people were thinking it was going to be the errors that were going to go away. Right. Um, yeah, because the MacBook seemed like the replacement for the Air. Right. Because they got thinner. It's Retina, it's Thunderbolt, and USB-C or whatever. I'll, you know, I think it's just USB-C, right? Or maybe it's... Yeah. Uh, I think the reality is the iPad is going to be the replacement for both. I don't know. Oh, that new iPad Pro's got some beefy specs. It's got a USB-C port now. Well, that's true. And I, I think that depending on... I think certain people will be able to just go all tablet. And so the surfaces have been doing really well for, for Microsoft. All right. Well, the thing that so the thing that was uh, most important to me, I, th- I think, at least that I've been waiting on, just to find out what I'm going to do, is this Mac Mini. So, but my situation is getting more, it's just more unclear to me. So I've I've used a Mac Mini as my home theater PC forever. Mm-hmm. I use it to not only like it, I run Plex on it, right, and it's literally the dis- I mean, my it it's the HDMI goes to my TV, right? It's but and I also use it to. Mm, how do I say this? Pre-cache. Oh, that's um, not where I thought c- you were certain, going. certain video content. <clears throat> and there's and there's services like there's programs that have to run on a computer, right? To mm-hmm. the, that does these that do these things for me. Pre-caching this video content. And but you know, for a while now, I I've used that many less and less for the actual video display because I have um I'm I'm using like the Roku way more. Mm. But you can insert like Apple TV, right. Amazon Fire Stick, whatever, right? There's these things now that that you know you can run Plex on. Plus, you know the um, like iTunes, right? Or you know if you have iTunes content or whatever. I mean all this stuff. You don't have to have a computer for that. So really, the only thing this computer does now is I use it for again the pre-caching thing, and also I do a lot of uh, if I have to like convert videos, like to. Like if I got some high bit rate movie and I want to put on the kid's iPad, I'll use I'll just do FFmpeg to convert it to like you know an iPad reasonable size and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I still need a computer for that, and so I use it for that. I'm just wondering, like, if I'm not going to use it for the main display anymore, then like, do I? I mean, because my Mac Mini is really old, and at some point it's, it needs to be. I mean, it can't. I don't. It probably couldn't do 4K, mm. and at some point I'm going to get a 4K <clears> TV. I'm, I'm kind of slow the tv thing so i don't know i mean do i need to go because this you know so the the new mac mini it's you know it's like you can get it four to six a big update i mean new form factor four to six cores up to 64 gigs of ram Mm -hmm. that's a little workhorse machine i mean they've also always kind of been that way i guess kind of what they've been yeah four four um thunderbolt three port ports ethernet yeah uh gigabit ethernet so that's um i don't know but they start at what 800 799 i guess and I could get away with cheap one. You know what else might be smart for me is to now that these are out, get one to get a used one, used one because they're going to drop in price now. Right? I have a used one. You do have a used one. I, I probably might want to because the thing is, mine barely keeps. Like if I've got a, I even have the headless dongle, for even it. for 1080p. Like see, mine doesn't support. Let me think about this. I use a separate. I have to use that audio jack. Now I use the optical audio <clears throat> with it. Mm-hmm. Because mine is will not do audio over the HDMI. That's what it is. Can you believe that? 
It won't do audio over the HDMI. Nope. Not on this, not on this Mac Mini. Huh. It, but it has an HDMI port? It does, yep. It's just, I don't know how old it is or something. I can't remember what the, what the reason was. Huh. And, it, and it barely, I mean, like if I've got t- even 1080p content that's like really high bit, right? I mean, it can, it barely keeps up with it. And it even, it can't do, it can, it really can't even display YouTube videos well anymore. Like the audio gets, the video start getting behind the audio and then it'll just like jump to catch up. And then the, then the whole thing starts over again about every 15 seconds. It's just, it's, it's really old. Yeah. Mine's a few years old. Um, it was right when they announced the new kind of hybrid, what do they call that? Hyper. Oh, the drive. Hyper drive hyper or drive, something. Yeah. Um, but I only got it because. Are like you the, interested in selling it? Would you sell it to me? You I might be. Okay. I was going to say, the only reason I even have it is because at the time, my laptop was having issues and That's I had to right. get it serviced and yeah. I didn't have a backup. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have a way to do my work. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of, but it's just sitting in a drawer right now. And then now. you keep it around because you're like, oh, I'll find some use for it. Right. And then you just never find a use for it. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten to where like, I, I would keep my old laptop and I would keep like my old phones just thinking, oh, I'll need it as a backup. <clears> and I've just, I've never... I don't know. I guess knock on wood, I, I've never had to like take my laptop in and just drop it off with them and not yeah. have a computer. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I guess that's why I do like having like my previous computer. I like keeping it. But anyway, okay. So iPad Pro. So that's your, that's the thing you were most excited about. No home button. That was, that's, I'll tell you what. I, well, do, I knew that was coming. I do like the, All the no home button. Talking about the, it. I finally got an iPhone 10, you know, I like that. No, no home button. I need annoying. Really? It's yeah. just so natural. It's like fast. It's faster than finding the button. I don't always have my phone directly in my face. So it does. Sometimes it doesn't recognize me and I have to put it in the code. Are you, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I never have that. I, I wonder if the 10 S, the new, these newer 10s, the 10 S, I wonder if the, if the face thing is better. Maybe. What's it called? Face ID? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is because I've heard other people say that like it doesn't recognize them if it's dark and I, I can be like, it'll be night just pitch black and I'll hold it up and it, uh, it unlocks. I'm still amazed at, I mean, it's infrared. The, it should the, be able to see in the dark, There are right? times where it does work really well and if I have it at the right angle, but if I have it at the wrong angle, it just doesn't. So I'm thinking maybe that was one of the changes they made is they improved the angle at which it works because mm. I, I can't. Yeah. But they made a big deal about the fact that it would recognize you no matter what the orientation was. Okay. So. That's cool. Obviously, the technology is getting better. But yeah, these, these things are just, I mean, the performance in these now, you know, it's a seven-core CPU with an eight-core GPU. It's back to being... It's got USB-C. That's a big deal, right? It's USB-C, yeah. but it also the No design, lightning? No lightning. Okay. Is that a problem? Not for me. Because you remember when like iPhones switched from the 22 pin to, to lightning? I mean, people just flipped their shit over it because... But it's not a phone. They had all those the, accessories, the, right? The, the Pro is such a niche market that okay. it's, it's not it going to affect enough people for it to be an uproar. Yeah. But the, yeah, the... Um, so yeah, like you said, it'll, well, this will support 5K also. The iPad will 5K display. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. But the pencil was cool. Pencil was cool. So it's a that's new, one of my biggest a, problems a, with the pencil. Totally new pencil, right? Yeah, because the, the current pencil, which I have, um, it, I have to periodically plug it in just to get it to sync, and then also you have to plug it in to charge it. Right. And this one, it'll actually attach and it'll charge. It's a wireless charger. Right? It's a wireless so charger. It magnetically just sticks yeah. onto the side of the iPad. And and, yeah. and the other bonus is it's got a flat side, a so that it can attach to the screen. Which also affected the design of the iPad. It doesn't have that curved feature anymore, but yeah. it's still really thin, but it's got a flat edge. Okay. So you can stick the pencil. Um, but one of the problems I have with the pencil is it rolls off the darn mm. table. So yeah. I like that it has a, a flat edge that will sit there. I mean, I think having a flat edge makes it easier to hold too, right? Like round things aren't for me anyway. Like round, yeah. but completely round pencils I never liked. 
I guess I guess it would reduce the fatigue because the what you could put the flat side where you're depending on how you hold a pencil. I tend to hold a pencil with with my I don't know what this finger is. Third finger. Third finger. finger. That's where most of the pressure of a pencil I, I put. Okay. Um and so it'd probably help with that. Yeah. Right now it's kind of all concentrated on that curve point. So yep. it kinda of tends to bother me after a while. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not a really an iPad person, so oh, I use it all the time. I use it. I mean, it's my when I'm when I'm not don't have this laptop in front of me. I have my iPad in front of me. Yeah, I did use my reading. When I don't video have my watching. when I don't have my laptop with, in front of me, I've got a beer resting on my belly usually, and I'm watching TV. So <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't even, I don't watch much TV. I'll do a lot of YouTube or you're, streaming you're one of these, services. You're one of these virtue signalers who who claims to not watch TV. You probably you probably watch like four hours of TV a day. No. I don't. <laughs> when I go to the to the living room where the TV's on, I flip it to the Apple TV and I put YouTube or something else on. So that doesn't count. I mean, it's watching TV, but I don't watch like cable TV. There's no shows that I watch. I don't go in there to watch a show if it's on. The kids are watching it. Yeah. Actually, they're not. The kids have it on for noise while they sit there with their iPads in their face. Well, John, do we have any uh, Salesforce or uh, software development topics for today? Do you have anything? Uh, we could. I don't see why. Or other stuff. Could. I mean, uh, there's other big stuff we just, you know, I haven't talked about. IBM bought Red Hat. Is that a big, you, I don't, that's not, either, do you really care about this? I mean, I think people are, I don't, I don't know what the reaction is. There's, there's a couple of reactions of meh, and there's a couple of reactions of, I don't know, the, the whole open source thing getting gobbled up by a big company type scenario, but uh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <clears throat> they really, man, they over, I mean, Compared to the stock price, they they offered a huge premium. Yeah, uh, the stock price went up the day after the announcement. The stock price was uh, Red Hat stock price was up fifty percent. So um, all the Red Hat guys who've uh, you know earned their whatever their employee stock bonuses and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I mean they're they're happy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to change anything. It's it's not, a, it's not a software that it really affected me on my day-to-day, -day, and I don't think it affects most people on their day-to-day. -day. Yeah, me neither. I mean, this is, <clears throat> I don't know, I'm trying to figure out, like, why IBM would do this, and I don't really follow IBM that much, and they're such a huge company. They do so many different things. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I kind of view IBM as just a giant consulting company nowadays. Mm. I mean, aren't they mainly services? I, mean, I know they not, still, they still, I think every year they still, like, have more patents than any other they company. They have more patents, and... Um, and I, they still do, like, hardware technologies and stuff, but I, I don't know. I but, uh, you know, as, in, in as much as IBM is, is still, well, you know, like, I, I don't know, I saw the stat the other day, like 80% of computing workloads still are in private data centers, not in the cloud. And so there's just, there's a ton of work to be done, a ton of money to still be made in helping companies not only get in the public cloud, but also all this hybrid, the hybrid cloud stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're either, you're, you know, doing a combination of two things, converting your existing legacy apps to somehow run in a, cloud environment and then also your new apps you're just developing as cloud native apps <clears throat> yeah but both of those you want to be able to like you know maybe have part of it in a public cloud part of it in a private cloud or to be able to shift it back and forth as needed or as d different uh, jurisdictions might require or whatever you know and and you know and red hat's a big player like the kubernetes thing they've got open ship to me that's the biggest thing about this is ibm will get open shipped out of this with it which is red hat's kind of container management thing. I think it's based on Kubernetes. I've never used it. Yeah, I'm so. thinking containers are going to be probably the next kind of wave of things. 
I, if you think back um, to... I mean, I don't, I don't know where you've heard that, though. Docker lightweight containers. <laughs> Just saying. Yep. It's, it's like these things come in cycles, and they're kind of variations of old historical trends. You know, you go from mainframe to... App applications running on the mainframe and you're just kind of tunneling in with some kind of, you know, what did they call those? Why is words escaping me? VPNs or? No, like a virtual terminal. Yeah, I guess virtual terminal. Terminals? Through a terminals. Okay. Yep. Um, but, but everything's running on bits on a server somewhere. Right. And oh, then, and then dumb, dumb terminal? Dumb terminal. Okay. There you go. And then they got moved to applications running on real hardware and... and Client server, John. Client server. And then it got moved up to the cloud. And I, I see things moving to more of that hybrid approach where instead of these public clouds, companies are moving more to private clouds. And then I see containers coming in after all this to kind of, kind of be these kind of little mini OSs running on everything. Because I, I think one of the big things with computers now is we have all these cores now, nothing's using them. And I think containers have a good chance at monopolizing yes, that. No, that's a very good point. Because with, with before containers, our, our kind of virtualization technology was, was, uh, was virtual machines, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, your utilization, utilization with VMs tends, tended to be low. All right. Um, and I think, yeah, it seems like containers are just kind of the next step and help with that problem. I mean, the big thing that containers I, th I think help with is uh, abstracting the, the underlying technology altogether. The, the under, the, sorry, the underlying infrastructure. Right. And that's why, you know, I think it was a, a, a stroke of, I don't know, genius or whatever on Google's part, because of course they, uh, the ones who uh, released Kubernetes, which was um, kind of a repackaging of their internal, something they'd been, technology they'd been internal, uh, was it oh, Borg, I think? Yeah, it was Borg. So they had this technology for a while called Borg that they used internally that completely abstracted underlying. Well, not only did it abstract the underlying infrastructure, but it also just all the um, all the orchestration of containers that has to happen for like an app for any given application. Mm -hmm. And that that's what Kubernetes is. It's just kind of a they they sanitized and made public, you know, the, a version of that that right. that became Kubernetes. And but the thing the thing that was brilliant about that well was that. Um, you know, all these people who were who instead of people being locked into Amazon's infrastructure or whatever, you can basically just um, you know essentially develop for Kubernetes. Uh, that's not really probably the right way to say it, but whatever. Um, and it can um, any you can deploy anywhere. It doesn't matter anyone's right. cloud or any, and so this any is hardware because um, I, th uh, I think I yeah. think IoT is is a big player in this as well for for containers being a solution for it and. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is, I think, a key thing for IBM to, to, I guess, I don't know how much, again, this gets back to, like, does it help that Salesforce owns Mule, that did, they, did they have to own MuleSoft to benefit from it? Does IBM have to own Red Hat in order to benefit from from OpenShift? Maybe so. Maybe this is a better story and they have more control or, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot of its perception in customers' minds that. I think that's always the case when it comes to I, big I companies. Is, is, I know, is and I hate to admit that. That's my problem I have with all this mm -hmm. stuff. It's. I, as, a, as someone who just, I tend to focus just on the technology sometimes, and it's like, well, you, you didn't have to buy that. That doesn't matter that he owns that or it's open source. <laughs> like, it's on GitHub. Like, you don't, have to, you don't have to go to the person that owns it because it's open source or it's available everywhere or whatever. But people just still, they like that throat to choke. They want the one throat to choke, and it makes them feel better that someone technically, like, owns the copyright to some bits. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is getting in a CIO's mind. and Yeah. Whatever, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean I, it also strengthens their portfolio because I'm sure Red Hat has quite a few patents and technologies that they own, and 
that are licensed and yeah and although i think we we think of red hat as just a company that is one of many companies or organizations that distributes linux right, right. but it's a lot more they have a lot yeah. more than that uh so or they just be another ubuntu does this although i did see some the new ubuntu ui it's looking pretty slick now i've heard about the, which what's the name of this one uh i have something a squid um no, not a squid. It's a that squid thingy looking. <laughs> Ubuntu release. It's a squiddy looking thingy. I forgot what it's called. It's that weird, ugly looking squid thing. You're gonna have to find it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, uh, cuttlefish. Oh, cuttlefish. That's what okay. it is. Um, I'm, I was about to pour that into my side. Nah, I nah, still have that, some. That wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> should I? Don't cross the streams, John. No, you should not do that. Hey, sometimes you have to cross the streams. Oh. <laughs> to get the girl. I guess so. We, we just watched that the other day. Uh, Ghostbuster? Yeah. Kids love it. The, the, the original Ghostbusters. It's such a genius movie. It is, although I discovered it's not as appropriate as what I remember for kids. Yeah. There yeah. are some things in there that are just inappropriate. A lot of the <laughs> movies that I'm like, oh, I forgot that part was in there. <laughs> we tried to watch... This was a while back, but I thought, oh, well, let's, God, I should have my boys watch Little Shop of Horrors. It's a musical. It's, you know, got the animated plant or whatever. Eh, it's, it'll be funny. Yeah. No. I forgot. There's like, you know, the woman gets beat up by her yeah. husband. He's like into all kinds of weird Sado crap. There's a lot of, there's F-bombs. I mean, there's a lot of language in that. I'm like, oh my God, this is a, such a parent fail. <laughs> should have read that Common Sense Media. Got, just now, now just the Bill Murray scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they need to watch. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's my favorite scene. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so do you think the this IBM Red Hat thing, does he think it uh, affects the Salesforce space at all? Probably no. not. No, no I didn't no. think so either. Why'd you bring it up on a sales? No, we're not. Although I, I, I did, I did, th it did make me think about, you know, this, you, you know, Salesforce likes to talk, or they used to anyway, like to talk about, you know, being the, the key, I guess, solution, I don't know, the solution provider or whatever, so for companies in there as they, as they digitally transform themselves or whatever, you know, the digital transformation, you can just set it there. I'm good. You know, Salesforce likes to be that, you know, the, the ones that uh, have the best story for digital transformation. But then you've got, mm -hmm. like, companies like IBM, who I think, along with tons of their other stuff, but, I mean, because IBM, again, they're a services company. But OpenShift really helps their, I guess Red Hat in general, helps their digital transformation story. But it, I think about the company, the kind of digital transformation you do with Salesforce versus the kind of digital transformation you do with I, you would do with IBM and OpenShift. And it's like, it's completely different types of things. What is that? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that flavor. It could just be because I just drank that cider. It could be, yeah. Take a, take a couple more sips. I don't think I have a name for this yet. It's good. It's got a herb, herbness to it. It is. Herbiness it's to it. It's a little herbal, isn't it? Yeah. Not grass, but herb. It just hop, like a, yeah, like a hoppy herbalist, which is weird because I'm trying to think of the hops that are in this. This was... Um, <clears throat> Citra and Galaxy, I want to say. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. It's really good, actually. This uh, this is one of those beers, like, more things went wrong than went right. <laughs> I can't tell. It's a, it's well, so, okay, so first of all, this is a 40% oat, 40% basically rolled oats in this recipe. Hmm. 
So high percentage votes, and, and I don't give know. up your oatmeal for it. Huh? Exactly. No, it, it yeah. is. You should see like these. I mean, I, I buy them from my brewing supply place. They're called flaked oats, but that's what they are. I mean, you could totally just make you know instant oatmeal. And they're not, I guess it's not instant, but it'd be. It's it's flaked. You know, it's, it's like oatmeal same, made with love. Same, something like that. <laughs> uh, but forty percent, just because I, I like to push boundaries, just to see what would happen. Because um, supposedly oats give a, a like a, they the silky mouthfeel, soft mouthfeel, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, this is a hazy IPA, so right, you know, more oats, more haze, or whatever. Which I don't think I actually. This is not that hazy compared to a lot of a lot of beers. So, I don't know. Um, but but having such a high percentage of oats because oats don't have really any diastatic power, they can't con- they can't convert their own starches. I probably should have done a longer mash. I tend to do pretty quick mash. It's like thirty minutes, mm. where like sixty is more traditional. But with most grain bills, thirty minutes. I mean, you can check with a. Start an iodine test, but they're um, they're done in thirty minutes. So I, I usually do thirty minute mashes. Well, with this because it was almost half oats, I don't think it was done converting yet. So my, you know, my my extraction efficiency efficiency was kind of low. And also, the after the yeast were done fermenting, um, ended up with a higher final gravity than what I expected. And I think that's just because there was there were a lot of there's a lot of more dextrins and un, and unfermentable sugars than than what there normally would have been had I had a longer mash. Mm. So it's a little, a little bit sweeter, probably a little bit more body than it normally would have had. I say replicate. It's a good beer. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you have a name for it. You know, that's one of the things. Um, there's this guy who has <clears> been <throat> like a, an author and teacher in the home brewing community for I think like decades, like maybe thirty years, something like that. Charlie Papazian, and his most famous saying is, um, and it's like there's people you'll see them people put the initials of this all the time. Um, relax, don't worry, have a home brew. And that's, you know, this, that's where this reminds me of like a lot, kind of a lot of things went wrong in this, but it's still a perfectly fine beer. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it actually didn't result in any taste flaws or what, or whatever. I mean, yeah, the finishing gravity is a little bit higher, but I mean, there's no, there's no spoilage. It's not oxidized. It's still, the flavors are still intact and good and it's very enjoyable, even yeah. though it's like not what I, was not what I planned. You know, the numbers didn't come in where I had planned them to, but they right. weren't, they also weren't that far off either. Not. It wasn't anything drastic. So, you know, we're talking about a finishing gravity of, of 19 specific gravity points versus I think I expected like 15 or 14. So mm. I put it another way, instead of about 80% attenuation, it was about 72% attenuated. It's within tolerances. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I'd say boring stuff. AWS, they had their Q3 results. Oh. Um, just killed it again. Growing 46%. They did $6.7 billion in the quarter. So they're on like an almost $30 billion annual run rate. Wow. So just AWS, again, like, because I think to us, Salesforce seems like a giant company. I mean, they take over San Francisco and have the does, biggest does parties in the world. Does that mean they're the fastest at $10 billion in, in cloud? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're just, I mean, their, their growth rate is still, it's almost 50%, whereas, mm. yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, com- you know, just we're, you know, you know how big Salesforce is, right? Mm-hmm. Just AWS is three times bigger than Salesforce right now. Crazy. Wow. Well, I saw someone try really hard. And it's it really, and really of- profitable. $2 billion of operating income. And they wow. represent like, it's over half of Amazon's profit is from AWS. Yeah. 10% of the revenue from AWS, half of the profit is from AWS. I was just going to say that um, someone on Forbes was trying really hard to take all that... Uh, good news from Amazon and tie it to Salesforce. Talk about Salesforce will be the next Amazon. Amazon's doing really great. 
Salesforce, the next Amazon. Yeah. And I wonder in what way. Yeah, just about the next growth. AWS or the next Amazon. They said the next Amazon. They were just talking about growth and numbers, and and then they tried to tie it in with saying how growth is going to come from Einstein AI and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, it was it was really nothing. It was really a nothing article, but it was just funny to see them try so hard. It, and the article was probably eighty percent Amazon and how great Amazon is. Let me scratch that. Ninety percent, and then like a ten percent kind of pitch on yeah. Salesforce might be that might do that. So go buy Salesforce stock. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure that the whoever that author was, um, you know, they're trying to get their their expenses paid next uh, for the next Dreamforce. Got to get that ticket comped and oh, yeah. expenses paid. So you know, you yeah. got to they get get that media badge. You got to ride some of these articles. You know, take that bus to the special yeah. event area that we yeah. didn't get to go to. Got to do the requisite fluffing in order to get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> the whole AI thing still gets on my nerves. Well, we didn't get we didn't get to uh, it last you, time. You got to get over that. Man. We didn't it's, get to it last time, but that there was a HubSpot ad. We won't we won't do it. But I planned on playing this ad from HubSpot, and HubSpot recently bought some AI technology. And um, they also just announced that AWS is their preferred cloud provider, whatever the hell that means. I don't know. I guess that's who they use for their infrastructure. But I guess these companies are so hard up to get some ROI on their investment in these these AI companies that they keep gobbling up. They really push it hard, and they push this fourth industrial revolution thing hard. I mean, who to is? the point Wait, where who is? I've I haven't heard anyone other than Salesforce talk about fourth industrial revolution. Oh, Amazon or this HubSpot ad did. You, no, you haven't no. watched it, but it's, you need to watch it. It's, it's almost taking, condescending. It's almost like, wake up, stupid AI is coming to take your job. Yeah. Stop! It, it literally says, stop <laughs> ignoring that. It's going to happen, and I'm just it's just it's pissing me off the more it goes that. on. The more it goes on, it pisses me off because it just basically says your job is gone. Deal with it. Um, AI is here. It, it just it just really pissed me off. It was yeah. so just so hard line. It just anyways. Either I, I have two possible outcomes. Either AI is just going to be a huge bust and it's just not going to be that big of a deal, or it's, it's going to take all of our jobs. <laughs> There's going to be no middle ground. It's, it's one or the other. It's, it's I'm not huge, sure which one it is yet. I'm on the side of it's. I'm already decided it's a huge bust. It's it's all vaporware. It's all companies just trying to. It's the latest buzzword that everyone has to have some kind of AI. We went through this before, Jeremy. What was it I called know. before? Smart applications. And now that's AI. And it's basically the same thing. They're just applications with a bit more algorithms that, that do a bit more analysis and provide some feedback. And most of it's just statistics. Yes. It's not AI. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and actually, but it's prevalent. I mean, like I read this article in the gaming news. Um, this people are giving this article crap for different reasons, but the only reason I wanted to point it out is because it creates these unex these expectations that computing and AI has gotten to the point where it's able to kind of interact in ways that seem real when it can't. There's no way for it to. Um, and so I just I just seen these articles on things like on NPCs and things like that, talking about how they you create these more realistic worlds and everything, but the NPCs are still dumb walking into walls. And I'm just like, well, yeah. what do you expect? The, the technology just isn't there yet, right? And and I think AI is still at the point where it, it's at best it can just kind of copy what it thinks a human would do. That's why like well at best that's why they have this problem with AI you know being like racist and or having um, other biases because all at best what it's doing is just you feed it data and it just it's gonna it just tries to mimic the models that you fed it. That's true of of things that are truly attempting to be artificial intelligence, but there's a lot of things that are that are being touted as artificial intelligence when they're really still scripted, very much so. Yeah. They still have some kind of baseline script that they follow. Right. 
and then produce some results. Yeah, we don't have like context-free AI, I guess is what it would be yeah. called. I mean, it has to be, you know, very specific. Like you give it a spe- you give it a specific problem and you train it for that kind of problem. Right. You know, it's highly, you know, it's, I don't I don't know. I just I just find it very disingenuous, and I hate media's gobbling it up. It's just putting it out there. It's corporate marketing expectations and saying you have to do this or you're going to be left behind. Sure. And then and then and then then what? Well, it's it's just it's also you know I think that we had that we had you know we we're in the middle of an an AI arms race. I know. Just like we were with you know marketing clouds and all that kind of crap. Yeah. It's like you know AI killed the marketing and everyone is. I'm telling you, these CEOs, and I've seen it. I won't name any names. You can guess, but we saw we've seen CEOs that just they couldn't stop buying little AI startups, but not because they understood them or even understood what how they worked or how they would help their companies, because they're afraid not to have them, afraid yeah. being afraid to uh, to be caught flat-footed in the future on something that would sneak up on them. What do you do with them? How do you integrate them? How do you productize them? How, you know, are they even real? I mean, who knows? Just buy them. Yeah. And then put out a bunch of press releases talking about yeah. how you need to have this. Right. And it's also, you know, it's, it's a message to Wall Street as well. It's like, hey, we're, we're innovative. We're, you know, one of the most innovative companies and all this crap, you know. You, yeah. you got to do that kind of stuff. I mean, there, there, there are some official technologies that probably come pretty close to how, making some intelligence like Watson. But what does it take to run Watson? Probably roomfuls of computers and servers yeah. to run it very well. And what is Watson? I mean, Watson is a brand. It actually, there's That's so true. much crap under that Watson umbrella that it's this disparate crap. They really did some things it. that have nothing to do with other things. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's well, it got diluted so they can try to recoup some of their R and D on it. Yeah. But and I mean, and the the curtain's been pulled back on Watson too. And Watson's probably a hundred times more advanced than Einstein is. I mean, and we we've we've seen people that have kind of defected and talked about what a, just kind of what a joke Watson is. So, I mean, again, very, you give it very specific things. It's, you know, yeah, it can, it can Google stuff fast. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it's good at, you know, just load the world's information into it and, and just can query it fast. And I don't know, but. Well, I'm a, I am an AI denier. You're an, yeah, <laughs> you're a Luddite. An AI, I'm a, I'm a fourth AI industrial Luddite. revolution AI denier. It's not <laughs> happening. Not to say it won't ever happen, but it's not happening in my lifetime. Well, I have a, I have a news flash for you. Um, we've got a, a study out, a big important study with lots of people with uh, PhDs after their name. Um, to let you know that heavy multitaskers have reduced memory. Reduced and memory. Also, oh, well, so like here, physically here, in my brain, I have reduced yeah, memory. So, well, here's, here's a quote. So a decade's worth of research has shown that people who frequently use many types of media at once perform significantly worse on simple memory tasks. Now, here, here's the big newsflash. I don't I mean, I haven't heard anyone say this before. We don't multitask. We task switch. The word mm-hmm. multitasking implies that you can do two or, thing, two or more things at once, but in reality, our brains only allow us to do one thing at a time, and we have to switch back and forth. I will say, women are much better at, I won't say multitasking, I'll say task switching than men are. And I think it's just, I don't know why. I don't want to, I don't want to say it's like a biological thing because that's, even that's controversial. I just think women historically have, have had to be better at task switching than men. Yeah. I, I think whether it's nurture or nature, I mean, I think traditionally they're, 
when, when it comes to babies and juggling that and everything else, I could see it. I mean, when it comes to like hunting and foraging, if you go back to history, we were very focused on that one activity. We tend to do that today too. We, we, I don't know. Like my wife can juggle so many different things than me. Like okay. she's got so many balls in the air and I'm like shutting the door. Yep. I'm yelling, be quiet. Cause I need to focus on this one thing. And here is my wife just running around doing a ton of stuff. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because I drink too much beer or what, but I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm the older I get or as time goes on, I should say, I'm, I, I'm more in touch with myself. I know that sounded weird. Didn't mean it to sound weird. <laughs> I, you know, I know I, I, th- I, I feel like I'm better in touch with my limits and what works well for me and what doesn't. Hmm. So I, you know, I don't work as much as I used to because I realized that when I do that, I actually work better and I get more work done. I take more breaks. I take longer breaks. Hmm. I, tr- I try to minimize task switching. I try to minimize meetings. I mean, I've done that for a while, but I mean, I've really, I've really realized that if what, if I want to actually get work done and the way that I piss fewer people off because I'm able to deliver what they want is by doing this. And it might piss them off in the process, like me turning down meetings and stuff, telling people they can do without me. Like that pisses people off. But in the long run, it makes them happy because I can actually get their work done. Because mm. a lot of people, their day, I mean, if their day is not full of meetings, they're actually not doing any, any work. They're not doing their job. Right. Mine's the opposite. If I've got a bunch of meetings on my calendar for today, I'm not getting my job done. So how do you do that when, when you're multi, when you're, maybe you're not, maybe you're not on multiple projects, but how do you do that when you're on multiple projects? So I think that's what gets me. Well, I, I can manage to one client and say, you know what? You get one call with me a week, but when I'm on like six projects, that's six calls a week. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's just a tough situation. I mean, what I would say is try to minimize the number of different projects you're on. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, if you're, I mean, you're a you're a software engineer. I mean, if you're on six projects, if you're no, building, not. if you're building six, no, not. I'm a consultant, Jeremy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. But if you're building six, <laughs> I'm a multitasker. If you're building six different things, then, I, yeah, I mean, you're you're just gonna be. I don't know. I had a thought, but I kind of lost it. But you're, you're just gonna be multitasking a lot. I mean, I don't know how to. I guess, I guess some of it is that I just I just serve multiple roles. I'm not. I said that tongue in cheek. I'm not a developer i'm a consultant but because my role is not just to be a developer to sit and write code i participate in pre-sales i participate in in architecture i participate in consulting and i participate in development so in any given project i could be servicing a different role and that just requires my time to be available yeah i mean unfortunately you 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 slip into that you're like you're into that model of being a short order cook Kind of, yeah. It and does feel like that sometimes. And you're never going to... You like, I'm not making the best burger in the world. No. I'm frying that sucker up and getting it out the door. Yeah, and, right. And you're not, you're not going to make some, you know, um, some masterpiece, you know, two-star Michelin meal. You're never going to do that. You're just going to be, and how do you want your eggs fried up? Over easy or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Scrambled? I mean, just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, how many orders can you slam out a day? That, that's kind of the model <laughs> you're in. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I mean... You can certainly optimize around that and make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. If that's what you want to do. But that is so unfulfilling for me. I feel like that's a young person's game. I don't even know about that. I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's ageist of you to say, John. No, because I think when, when, I'm, when I was younger, I liked doing that. I liked having my hands in so many different things because I felt like I was gaining all this different experience and all this different input that I wouldn't have otherwise if I was so, just so focused on one thing. 
But now that I'm older, I feel like I need to focus because I want I want to get more satisfaction out of what I'm doing. And to do that, I need to build a focus on it and produce something that I'm proud of. When I was younger, I was just grasping at everything. I wanted everything and I wanted to experience everything. But now that I'm older, I'm like, I want to focus because I want this to be, I, I have a vision for something. Yeah, and focus, I think, implies also like specialization. And don't they say this, you know, that's how you end up creating the most value and making the most money is by specializing in something? Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's what we're told all the time, especially so, in the Salesforce world. I mean, the, bigger, not, the bigger that product gets, we're, we need to specialize more. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, I mean, for all these sayings, there's a lot of exceptions to them. You know, there's, there are people who, you know, I think of, I think of these various independent iOS developers that, you know, you hear on podcasts and stuff. I mean, some of them just have one app and that's all they do and they make a bunch of money from that. And there's, you know, this guy, um, David Smith, who's famous for having like, a dozen or more different apps that all make some money on the app store, but it adds up to a pretty good income, you know? So it's, hmm. it's I don't know, it's a different, mo- different, totally different models. And I, I think a lot of it depends on like what you're good at, what, what kind of work you want to do, what, and what, just what you can make work for yourself. But I mean, my ideal thing is like, w- is one project at a time, something I can really sink my teeth into. I can focus on, I can have a, a, a longitude to my, to my effort, to my strategy on something. It feels like a utopian idea. To you, it Ideal. does. To, from, your, from your perspective, I can totally understand why that would seem that way to you. I mean, it would be nice to sit and focus. And, and I don't, and I don't get the, that either. I don't, is, I don't have just one project. I've got multiple projects too. Yeah. But. I, I, I wonder if what I want and what I need is probably two different things as well. I think I would. I want the ideal of being able to focus on something and build it, build it out, and take the time to do it. The other part of me says, if I don't have a deadline, I might refactor that thing a hundred times over, trying to get my my perfect, maybe. my perfect ideal scenario maybe. working. Uh, maybe I think that also that that goes to the point of you know when someone gives you, when someone says, hey, go build this thing, and they say, I'm going to give you ten hours to do it, or let's let's just talk in dollars. Like I'll give you um give me a thousand dollars. I need this screen, man. I'll give you a thousand bucks. All right. You're going to build that differently than if they said, hey, I need this. You build a screen. I'll give you 50,000 bucks. Yeah, that's true. Because I want it, you know, I want the best one of these you can build. I mean, you're going to, you can build, you can accomplish the, the use case, whatever the, you know, whatever, whatever the use case is. You can get it done in for the thousand bucks. You can get it done for 50,000 bucks. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think what costs me the most and what I get the least satisfaction out of is when I have to context switch. When I get interrupted from being able to, if I had my five hours to build that code you wanted me to build, because that that's my time box is five hours, I could do it and I could still be proud of what I did in five hours. But if I had to stop, take a phone call, stop, take an email, stop, answer a question, and even though I still did five hours, it was five hours broken up over 10. Yeah. That's just not yeah. very satisfying. And, and I mean, I don't know. It just, it just depends on what the goals are of the person that wants this thing built. What do you need? Is this just some internal the app? The best that you they can have a get for the em- cheapest thing. Yeah, I mean, get. Is, it, is this something that's just an internal thing that a, couple, a few employees are going to use? Or is this something that all of your customers are going to use? And it's, it's, like the, it's like your key interface with your customers. And in, in which case, like, you really want it to be the best that there is. I mean, that's, it represents you to your customers. And that is, that is your customer's experience. I mean, that's the difference between a thousand dollars and fifty thousand dollars for for a screen or whatever. So or if you we, just or if you have something simple like a podcast app. I mean, there's like what what do podcast apps have like three screens basically, 
But think of how much, and this, I mean, it's hard to imagine. I mean, you know, I've, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, your, your, your best buddy, Marco. <laughs> you know, when you hear his stories, but when you hear, I would too. When you hear his stories about just all the stuff that goes into it that you wouldn't think about, that just take a lot of thought, a lot of planning, a lot of redoing and re-strategizing and just hard work and years, years to get to where his app is right now. Mm-hmm. It's got three screens. Yeah. But if someone said, hey, um, I need a podcast app in two weeks. Can you throw one together for me? I'll pay you 10 grand. You, you could. It would. It could read a feed. It looked like the it Apple could read podcast. A feed and it could read a feed and download the MP3 and it could play and pause it, you know? Yeah. And it could do the... It, it, it could be a functional MP3 app or a podcast catcher app, whatever they're called. <clears throat> yeah. You know, one of them costs... Ten thousand dollars, and the other one costs, at this point of of people's time, probably over a million dollars. I'm sure over a million dollars of time. What do you? What's your? What's your goal? Who are your customers? What's your business model? What are your tipping points on? You know what? You know what's your? Is this an MVP? Is this you know? Just so many questions. There's you know I don't know. Yeah. You got your consultant yeah. hat. Um, I mean, I'm just, it's not even that. It's just, I mean, any, I I mean, that's, that's part of the process is just figuring out what the boundaries are, you know, the hard part is, is all the, as all the people you have to deal with, they're like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to be, I want to have the next biggest podcast. Well, everyone wants that. Yeah. Or I want to be, I mean, and I've never gotten this, but I hear people all the time complain about this. People that come to them and say, Hey, I want to build the next Twitter, the next Facebook. Mm -hmm. And they have $20,000 to spend. And they think that you're going to build them the next Facebook for twenty thousand dollars. Well, it depends on their perspective. I mean, oh, don't even tell me you're going to try to defend this approach. <laughs> it depends on their. You perspective. would, you would, because that's what the show is about. Apparently, <laughs> you defending absurd positions. Well, Google didn't. When Google started, they had what nothing. They had to create the company in order to cash the check that they got because they they had someone write a check to Google before they were Google. Yeah, okay. They didn't even exist when someone wrote the check to Google. What I'm saying is that it, it depends. If you're, they, tr- they if you're trying to go from zero to, to being Twitter, not going to happen. But if you're trying to go from zero and you're trying to build something and you know you're going to build it over time, it could happen. You could start with the capital. No, that's of, not what this is. These are people that are shooting their entire wad, on, which is not a big one. Well, yeah, and in that, think, in that, con- in that gonna... context, I agree with you. I won't defend and, but that. But there's so many of those people out there. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're everywhere. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, in I'm that trying context, to get I agree. you. I'm just saying that those people, they're, they're definitely out there. And, and it's, you, said you have to not make the mistake of taking their money. Yeah. Those are the people that come back from Dreamforce and go, I got this idea for now. Oh, yeah. No. And, I, and you have to not make the mistake of taking their money. But at least before you've had a chance to re-educate them. Yeah. Dreamforce is a huge problem for me. That's one of my biggest problems in life and <laughs> my professional life is Dreamforce. I think it's a problem for a lot of people. A lot of admins, a lot of developers who who the business and sales oh, people yeah, that imagine, go to Dreamforce and they come an back admin. with all these ideas. No, yeah, imagine being just an admin, right? Oh, I don't mean just an admin. I mean like well, yeah, for, I mean, versus like a company is what I mean. Imagine being you're an admin yeah. and you go to Dreamforce, fine, whatever, but your boss goes to Dreamforce. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare scenario. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I just saw this guy point and click this thing and, and he could do this. You told me it would take like a month yeah, to do. He created an app in 32 minutes. 
Uh, uh, it's like, oh my god, uh, where do you even start with someone that's <laughs> that's that's where they're at mentally? Yeah, it's like, do I try to explain this, or I just do I just quit on the spot right now? You just you just wait for the Kool Aid to wear off a bit, <laughs> so the hangover starts. Yeah, you gotta wait for the hangover. Right. Yeah, the Dreamforce hangover. Yeah. Actually, I think we're supposed to initiate the Dreamforce hangover. We're supposed to bring them down. It's our responsibility, Jeremy. No, I feel like it I'm, is our no, responsibility no. to bring I, them down. I, I reject that notion. I'm the IV for your Dreamforce hangover. <laughs> I'm the IV drip. You need that. You need that saline flowing through your veins to rehydrate and bring you back to your senses. <laughs> um, well, John, I thought you had some topics for us today. Well, I talked about one of them. Which one? You know, I, I do have a question for you. Okay. And it, it, how much? And it really depends on how much you know about this subject. Now you're good. On t- when do you have to leave? Mm, we're doing good aren't we yeah we're doing good yeah okay as long as i can put out an episode in 30 minutes we're, we're good and we should count on 30 minutes after we're done because it's a little that's what i mean now. 30 minutes yeah. after we're done okay um certificates I, i've been getting a lot of questions and it happens every year because the the salesforce self-signed certificates start to expire and there's there's inevitably a lot of confusion around certificates and so, admins start getting notifications and just, they don't need, know what i need to slow for. you down already okay when you talk about Salesforce's self-signed certificates start mm-hmm. to expire at a certain time of year every year, is that what you're saying? Mm, I just, uh, I just, it seems cyclical. Like because I, I tend to get a lot of questions. I just want to make sure that. we're not combining a couple of things because one thing is like self-signed certificates may be expiring, but also I've had people contacting me about, um, like for example, Marketing Cloud is disabling TLS 1.0, mm. and it's kind of funny because Marketing Cloud they go through this cycle at different times than Salesforce does because Marketing Cloud is still a Basically, a separate company that runs on like the .NET stack, and so it's right. like you can tell it's like whatever Microsoft's doing is .NET. That's what affects Marketing Cloud. Yeah, and then and of course Salesforce is like they they're on their they're on their own, or I should say, Sales Cloud. Right when I say Salesforce, they're on their own thing. You know, they're on a Java stack, so it's like depends on what you know, just whatever timing that team wants, and probably some of it depends on what's happening on the platforms they run on. Yeah, but. I just want to make sure: Are we combining this? Those things? Are you talking? Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about certificates that are used for SSO connected apps, um, to a lesser degree, API integrations, because usually developers on hand to, to deal with those. Admins don't typically have to deal with that, but for the admins who get these notifications, uh, oftentimes they're lost because Salesforce kind of moves their cheese on where these certificates live, where you edit them, where you modify them, and then a lot of times they don't even understand what they're for or what they're used for. Or at what Usually point? Yeah. At what point does that certificate need to happen? Because it's possible for a certificate to expire, but nothing happens until until a request has to happen. Basically, okay. It's not like the world ends because it expired. No, it, it's not. You don't know about it until that certificate is actually used for something, or someone mm-hmm. or some system wants to just you know validate that certificate, and it's like, oh, this is expired. Which Fail. in this case, in this scenario, is is when it has to authenticate again. Okay. Which sometimes. You can set a session to last for a couple of days, uh, yeah, and you won't see a right. an issue until a couple of days later when it tries to authenticate. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's the way. Like, <clears throat> like you know, the a lot of things I've done, like you know, some of the integrations and things. Like they basically they log in when they start up, and then they just they never log in again until they get an expired session notice, mm-hmm. and then they try to log in again. I don't know how long that is. It could be four hours, could be four days, four months. I have no idea. Yeah, that or they keep the connection warm. 
I don't. I think you can. I don't think you can do that these days. I think I don't think so either. Yeah, you used to be able to. You used to you used to be able to ping it every so often and keep it warm because uh, yeah. it was like every if you didn't have any activity for two hours. But I don't it doesn't think work. Do like, they're not like renewable sessions like the browsers. Like the, the always every time you do something, yeah. it resets the timer. I, I think at one point your API sessions you can keep them warm for a while. Yeah. They, they would expire after like they would expire after there was no activity for like two hours. I don't think it does that anymore. But yeah, I don't like think it, it does anymore. Yeah. But anyway, so there are a couple of places to check for that. Um, if you're using single sign-on, you can go to the single sign-on entry in your admin. And you can see the button for the um, certificate. All you have to do is create a new cell sign certificate. Let me slow down. If your certificates are expired, you can type in certificate in your browser and setup, and you'll see the entry for certifi certifications and keys or certificates and keys, and that's where all those entries are. You have to create a new one and download it. Because all the buttons want you to upload a certificate because it's all built around you can either use Salesforce certificate that they self sign or you can go to a third party and get a new certificate and use that one. Um, so it's always expecting you to upload a certificate. But if you create one that's self signed, you just need to download it, keep it on your hard drive, go to your SSO settings, you can you can grab it from there and, and upload it and it'll update the certificate in Salesforce or in your browser in Salesforce. Okay. Now, connected apps are a little bit different. Because if you go to connected apps, uh, it points you to identity providers because connected apps end up, end up being two entries. One is an app and one is an identity provider. So there's an entry gets created for your app and an entry gets created for your identity provider settings. So like if you're using OAuth or something. I was going to say, when I think of connected apps, I think more of OAuth than I do right. of, of SSO and identity providers. It ends up being both Okay. when you create a connected app. Because essentially you're creating a connected app, say this is an app that I proved to you be used on this on Salesforce, and I'm allowing it to connect as through OAuth or whatever schema you chose. Or as, I, as some people I work with like to call it Olaf. Olaf? Yeah, Olaf. I like that. Because yeah. <laughs> I like warm hugs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you go to the... Until you melt and die. You think you go to the connected app uh, area in your setup, and when you click on that, you do get a summary of the connected app, but really it's the identity provider that you're seeing. Okay. So what you have to do is you have to go to apps. So if you type in apps in your, in your quick search for your um, setup. In, in the classic setup? No, in Lightning. It's classic, though. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> you end up getting iframed into classic. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> but you can go to apps. You can find your app. And unfortunately, this is what you have to do. Look for any unmanaged app that's, that, that's listed as a connected app. Click into it and see if it has a certificate. Not all of them do. It only does if you use digital signing. It's, it's something. There's, there's an option whenever you set up OAuth where you use digital signatures, I think it's called, is the okay. option. And that's when it initiates the request for a certificate. So if you don't see that option, you're fine. You're good. The cert is there. It was created automatically when you created the connected app. It expired, but nothing's using it. So you're fine. Um, but if you do find one that's an unmanaged one, because you can't modify the managed ones, the your your provider has to manage that. Yep. Um, but if it's unmanaged, you can go and click on it, but you do have to kind of go into each one and look at them hmm. and then check if it's using the digital signature. And if it is, that's where you'll get a button to upload your new certificate. So Okay. Just thought I'd share because I've been answering those questions quite I, a bit I lately. I think people that have this problem will know what you're talking about, and the rest of us are like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's one that I have to refresh my memory on because it I'll go a year without hearing anything, and then I'll get a year where I'm getting a lot of questions, and I go, oh crap, how do I do that again? Where is it at? And I have to go and refresh my memory, and then I have to go through this whole spiel again. So, yeah. 
Oh, I'll do it again next year. So does sales, is Salesforce generating these self-signed certificates? On average, yes. Most people are just using the Salesforce. In, unless you're like a big enterprise who has some And then what are people doing? With, people taking that, that certificate and then having whatever app they've built use that to identify itself to Salesforce? Yeah, it's, it's, some, it's, then, it's part of a handshake routine that yeah. says, this came from Salesforce. Yeah. Um, oh, this is the other way. Okay. Yeah, because they're pinging the OAuth and then they're getting a message and they're, they're validating that. Pinging the OAuth. I don't know. No, it's, it's a good title. I don't have good words. It's, it's, it's I, don't, I don't have good words. It doesn't I'm, matter. It doesn't matter. I just I'm like into that. a couple of beers here. I, I, I feel like words. you could write a song called Pinging the OAuth. Mm-hmm. We should try. It could, it could be to the tune of Down in the Boondocks, right? Pinging the OAuth. Pinging the OAuth. Free shirt and two mugs to anyone yeah. who comes up with the Pinging the OAuth song for us. <laughs> hey, and, we had a 500th uh, Slack member. We did. Yes. Is that, Do you remember who it was? No. Oh, I don't even have Slack open. I, I, uh, I would like to name them, but we probably shouldn't do that, huh? Some, probably people, some people don't want to be named. But anyway, we did have a 500. And I even, I tried to like tag it with a little emoji or whatever, to, but I couldn't find a 500, so I did a five and then I did 100. Thinking, you made your own and uploaded it. That's, uh, that's too much that's, work. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you lost me at <laughs> make your own. Uh, oh, no. I think, I think Slack is on that monitor over there. I don't even know how to get it over here now. Seriously, <laughs> should I look for you? Uh, no, we have uh, 502 now. Yeah, yeah, we, we surpassed the 500 mark. Speaking of Slack, John, speaking of changes, we've got a lot of changes coming. Should we talk about that or no, should we, just we save should it? talk about Slack because not everyone listening right now, I can tell you for sure, is in our is in the Slack. So I think okay. we should just let people know that we do have a Slack, our own Slack for the Good Day Sir community. Uh, and it's just a place where we hang out and have fun and uh, a lot of people, a lot of questions and answers and helping and just jokes and being silly. And it's a nice place. It's a, it's a, I will, I will go as far to say it's a safe space. Wow. Yep. I just went there. Can't believe you went there. And for people who are not in the Slack team and they're like, Hey, that actually sounds pretty good. I think I might want to check that out. Um, how would they do that, John? They would go to www gooddaysirpodcast.com forward slash community or you can just go to www.www I cannot do it gooddaysirpodcast.com click on the link community uh, it'll ask you for your email address that comes directly to me I do add everyone manually so please be patient with me but we'll get you in there we just need to there's no criteria I, it's just Jeremy makes me do it we need manually. to go into the sound booth and just pre-record you doing that ad www. and just I can, we, I can just insert it the ad so you don't have to try to say it after you've had <laughs> two beers no that's disingenuous it doesn't matter. This is uh, that's that's too how, much that's how professionals do it, that, John. That's not how we do this. This is catch and release. This isn't highly produced. This is, uh, we record. Okay. We, so, you're, so it's low quality. <laughs> it's a low quality show. It's what <laughs> you get for free. That's true. <laughs> if you don't like it, we'll give you all your money back. <laughs> Times two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not divided by how much you paid, because that would be a division by zero error. It would be. Oh, see, that was a math nerd joke there, John. It would be. That would be an undefined error. Mm, no, it'd be divided by zero error. Yeah. Potatoes, potatoes. In math, I think Whatever. it's. I think in math, it's it's undefined. It's labeled You're right. undefined. It is. It is dividing by zero is undefined. undefined. Yeah. Some yeah. things are. I always get like empty set confused with undefined, but it would be undefined. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ah, there's no answer to that. It's not one. It's not <clears> zero. <throat> it's not nothing. It's what. Well, if you work, if you do the math, it ends up being 
infinity, but... No, 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 it's not true. The, well, com- no. the problem is it ma- does not make any logical sense. The, to- the common misconception is that it would be infinity, but you can't have two things that are unequal end up equaling. And if you're saying that divide by zero is... Divide, two divided by zero is the same as one divided by zero. They are equal. You can't. That's why they're no, undefined. Under, yeah, exactly. They're not equal because it doesn't make any sense. But the fallacy, at least my fallacy early on before I learned that, was that it was infinity, and that's why it was undefined. You and your fallacies. Your phallic fallacies. <laughs> Title. <clears throat> All right. What were you going to do? Gosh, this is, uh, we're going off the rails. How about another beer, John? I'm going to have some more of this. I think this is the cider. I, tr- I pour, poured all this. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to pour all this. Oh, okay. So what do you think of the cider? I liked it. Are you, I mean, do you like cider in general? Uh, this is cleared up. You know, the thing is, I, I, I don't mind it. You don't mind it. Yeah. And it's not my favorite. My drink. wife really likes ciders. So she does. I tend to drink some of that because she won't finish okay, it. I'll, next week, I'll, I'll bring you a growler. To oh, throw she would like that. Out. Okay. Yeah. She would like that a lot. No, I think it's, I mean, as far as ciders go, I'm not crazy about ciders, but you know what? If I wish she still had some of this to taste it, but it almost tastes like Thanksgiving to me because it, that, a little bit of cherries and the apples. It mm. uh, it tastes like cranberry sauce almost. It's just such a fall so thing. Mine. Probably so. You, you, what are yours? Tamales, steak. Okay, we always do steak. No, I'm just I'm just being racist. Apparently, you are. <laughs> Actually, although no, I just that's not being racist because I would love yeah. a tamale in Mexican now, Thanksgiving. Gr- growing up, my my family would have tamales. We'd have menudo in the morning. We'd have tamales in the evening. We'd have everything. You notice the accent coming out, folks. The, comes out when he starts talking about his memories. <laughs> you know, Latino, funny, you know, Latino fun, accent. The, the funny, menudo, enough, tamales. funny enough, when I was first <laughs> learning to talk, I spoke nothing but Spanish. And then what? I, I don't believe this. That's what my parents told me uh, when I first learned. I, I knew nothing but Spanish. And then I transitioned to English when I went to school and I never spoke Spanish. And my mom didn't speak Spanish. She had to learn Spanish. Really? Yeah. How do you know that? And so. Now your dad is like his whole life. Was oh, just my dad's Spanish. Mexican. Right. Oh. My dad's from Mexico. I mean, U.S. My dad's an immigrant. Right? Yeah, that's, that's true. I'm first generation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, did you ever see that in South Park where uh, Cartman was in love with, uh, oh, what's her name? Jennifer Lopez? Jennifer Lopez, and he had the hand puppet thing. Yeah. And he kept saying taco burritos. Burrito y tacos. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but I can say it's hilarious. You can't. That's exactly. I have to sit here and pretend like it's not funny. Yeah. All right. Wow, um, this is totally off the rails. That's all right. Well, what else do we have? Um, I feel like we need, we need to keep it going or wrap it up. Uh, Amazon's Prime Day outage was caused by them moving off of Oracle. What? See, you cannot. You can't do it. Yeah, Larry's just like, Salesforce cannot get off Oracle. Or they will exactly. be down. They Larry's, will lose millions. Larry's just like, you can't quit me. You can't quit me. Well, he's like leaps and bounds ahead of Benioff on the billionaire, Forbes billionaire list, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like well, in I mean, the top, again, top 20 again, or something. I think Salesforce people, Salesforce people don't realize like Oracle's still like, you know, what is it? Like five times bigger than Salesforce. I mean, they're just, they're giant. I mean, it's not just database either. Massive services and applications. You know, we forget they bought, who do they buy? Well, Sun for one. Well, they bought Sun, but, um, uh, but PeopleSoft. They bought PeopleSoft. Yeah, PeopleSoft. Uh, PeopleSoft. I mean, they just bought um, NetSuite. I mean, just um, these are the more recent ones, but they bought they just have, you know, massive enterprise applications that, mm-hmm. do, you know, they're not sexy at all. Actually, they're probably ugly as sin. Opposite of sexy. <laughs> people still run them. Yes. And they still um, pay them a ton of oh, money yeah. for support. And they're stuck on them. For, and then this is why, you know, one of the reasons why Oracle gets a better app. You know, just like with IBM. That's what, I, you know, when Lou Gerstner went into IBM in the 
what was that, 90s or whatever? I mean, he goes around talking to customers and they're like, um, he's like, why do you why do you do business with us? And they're like, well, basically because like we, so have, we, have, to. we have to. <laughs> Actually, you know what it was? They said that uh, we do business with you because you are where most of our our locations are. And that's when Lou Gerstner realized that IBM was in more of a service business than they, than they were a product business. Mm. A little nugget there for you, John. So you're saying we need to go into services. That's what IBM did. I mean, they, they realized that they were more in services than what they thought. It makes sense given their acquisitions lately. Possibly. All right. All right. I think we wrap it up. Are we? Okay. Um, oh, I, I, I have to mention this. Okay. A little bird told me you dressed up for a Halloween party. I did. <laughs> and I, I, have to, I have to expose you <laughs> at what your costume was. <laughs> oh, you can post a photo. Because you, you weren't the sheep in Wolf's clothing. No. That was, that was your, your lovely, <laughs> yeah. sweet, innocent wife. Yes. Oh, wow. The sheep in Wolf's clothing. I, I know. Yeah. I'm not uh, but know. you were little Miss Red Riding Hood, yep. I heard. That's right. <laughs> I saw it. That's not bad. Actually, that was an easy costume. You just had to put on a big cloak. That's why, I, actually, I liked it. And that was so easy. <laughs> you probably took it off halfway through. No, I actually kept it on because it was cold. And we, so we went oh. to the Halloween party. And it was, you know, it was not a big party. There were probably, I don't know, 20, 25 people there. Yeah. Maybe 10 couples, I guess. And I would say at least half of those couples, the woman was Little Red Riding Hood. Was it like a Little Red Riding Hood no, party? No, it wasn't. But there's just, I don't know. I think it's because it's an easy costume. Mm. But I was the only man that was a little red riding hen, so I feel like I... You earned some, earned some points I there. did, yeah. Some, what would you call that? I don't know. I don't know. I but I had my little trouble. basket and had bread. I actually had real bread. I almost, was, almost ate it, except it, I think I got Did you make stale. the real bread? No, it oh. came from the store, I think. I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ever live up to your expectations, John. Grandma deserves fresh-made bread. All right, uh, so what else? So we talked about Slack. Um... Shoot us an email if you have feedback or topics or questions. That's info at goodacerpodcast.com. Uh, we love when people communicate back to us because honestly, it, a lot of times it feels like you and I are just talking into these microphones and it's not going anywhere. Even though I know people download because I see the downloads, but it's like, are, are people listening? Hello? Is anyone there? Uh, <laughs> no, we have the Slack. Just say hi. We have the Slack, which is great. Email, but yeah, say it's, hi. yeah, it's something yeah. about email. It's, it's more personal than the Slack, I guess, or something. And, and just... You know, and it often provides some pretty good content for the show too. So, if you've got anything that you think would be uh, interesting to talk about, or questions that we can answer, or whatever, or if, if or if you have private, like if you want to send us a private message, that's fine too. Um, subscribe. I think our subscription numbers have gone up because I noticed when we release an episode, the um, I feel like the down. You can tell that people are subscribed because like the downloads happen really quick now. Mm-hmm. So thank you for if you're just downloading from our website or whatever like one offs, please subscribe. Just subscribe in your if you have the Apple Podcast app or on if you're on Android or or you know there's other podcast apps right. Uh, you have the Mar- Marcos. What's it called? Downcast. Overcast. Overcast. And then on uh, Android you've got Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast is the big one, but there's a bunch of other ones. So get an app and just uh, subscribe because then they come in automatically and it'll 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 pop up and say hey good day sir new episode yeah cool listen then you can just press a button that says like or. Yeah, whatever. well, we, of course, you have to like us on these things, the, whether it's, uh, you know, the thumbs up or the hearts or whatever, you know, those are all good. That's how we make money. <laughs> all the millions. I, I, wonder, I bet there are people who think <laughs> that we actually make money on these. That's <laughs> this ongoing joke. We're in the red. 
something like that. We're about to be more in the red because we got more changes coming. I know. But yeah, last thing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. And one more thing, John. What is it? It's my experience that on Halloween, everyone always buys at least a bag of their favorite candy. What is your favorite candy? Oh. That a, you I'm, don't hand out. It just ends up being a bag that you sit there and munch on. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a candy kind of guy. Oh, it's so disappointing. But sit there with your beer. Oh, I feel like there are. There, let me think about this for a second. Why don't you talk about yours? Let me think about this. So it was Snickers. I do but, like a Snickers, but then though. it transitioned to Snickers. Has this like peanut butter knockoff <laughs> Reese's almost peanut butter nugget thingy. It's like it's it's a uh, Snickers peanut butter. I think. Okay, that thing is so awesome. I could eat so much mm. of that. Comes in a square. Highly recommend it. Hmm. You know, um, I got to where I was liking those Hershey's little cookies and cream, little individual. Did you ever see those? Those were good. Oh, no. Um, I don't think so. But anything with like chocolate and caramel, you know, like a Milky Way. Son loves Milky good. Ways. That's his favorite. Really? Yeah, those are good. What about as a kid? Favorite candy as a kid? I just, I didn't get a lot of candy. I don't know. I, just, I didn't either, but on the occasion it was Crackle with a K. <laughs> oh, the, the the Hershey's brand. Yeah. No, I always like those too. They have the, the little rice crispies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, those are. I still like those. I still like those. So, well, everyone enjoy your Halloween night. Have safe, safe Halloween travels and everything. Watch we'll be the, battling for the weirdos. We'll be battling the rain, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna. I don't know. It's supposed to rain all night, so we'll see how this works out. I'm, I might have a couple of really disappointed boys at my house. Mm. I got to run and make it. So we can get yep. dressed up. And to that, I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.